Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Umtalha Speaks podcast, where inshallah today we're continuing through with women in Islam, speaking about influential and inspirational women in Islamic history. And today's episode, inshallah, will focus on Lady Fatima, as Sayyidatu Fatima, who is the youngest and most beloved daughter of the Prophet Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam. So the Prophet ﷺ, he did have many daughters, but as Sayyidatu Fatima was the youngest. She was still young when the Messenger of Allah ﷺ received revelation and became a prophet. She was still at home with her parents. And she accepted the call of her father when he made the call to Islam. And she supported him from a very young age. So she saw the entire journey of her father from the time he became a prophet until he died. So the whole entire call of Islam with the various battles and the challenges that he faced with the non-Muslims, this was something she witnessed all of. Um, Even to the point when she was young, the blasphemers of Mecca, it was known about them that they used to, they really hated the Prophet ﷺ and they used to mock him a lot and make fun of him and cause a lot of harm to him because he was calling the people to monotheism. He was calling the people to worship Allah alone. And this was a tribe of people that they used to worship idols. So they had a lot of idols And here he was saying about them that your religion is invalid and the religion of Islam is true. So they really, really hated him. And at one point, the Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was praying. And the he mentioned, the Messenger of Allah Alayhi Wasallam mentioned himself, that he finds such happiness and such a great sense of relaxation in the prayer. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he was praying, that was what his concern was. His concern wasn't what anybody else around him was doing, what was going on. His focus was worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's praying and one of the worst, most disgusting blasphemers, whose name was Abu Jahl, he came to mock the Prophet ﷺ while he's praying, not respecting the fact that he's worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no, even beyond that, mocking him, making fun of him, even to the point that he took the innards of a camel. You know when you slaughter an animal and there's all those bits from the inside that don't get eaten? He took all of that and threw it on the blessed body of the Prophet ﷺ. But the Prophet didn't stop his prayer The Prophet didn't worry, oh, what is this or what is that? He continued through with his his prayer. But his young daughter, Lady Fatima, radiallahu ta'ala anha, saw it and went to the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, and started to remove these disgusting pieces. Young, she was 10. She was 10 years old. So from a very young age, she saw the harm that people gave her father, but she also saw the diligence and steadfastness of 
her father and his call to the truth. So all the way through, she stood by her father, she accepted the truth of her father, and she actually took a lot of the traits and characteristics in terms of his manners and her patience from her father, alayhi salatu wassalam. And Lady Aisha, radiyallahu ta'ala anha, mentions that she didn't actually see anybody who resembled in their appearance, who resembled the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam as much as Lady Fatima. And you know, most fathers, they have an attachment to their daughters. And he showed a lot of love to his daughters, especially Sayyida Fatima. He really used to have a lot of love for her. And, and this is something that all fathers can relate to. Their youngest daughter, there's usually an extra sense of attachment, an extra sense of care given to the, the baby daughter of the family. Um, a Sayyida to Fatima, she followed the Prophet ﷺ in his hijrah. So when it became an obligation on the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims to migrate from Mecca to Al-Madina, all of the Muslims from Mecca who were able to, they went. Um, the Prophet ﷺ went with Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And the women of the family of the Prophet ﷺ followed shortly after. So a Sayyidah Fatima, she traveled with Lady Aisha and with her sister Um Kulthum. And at this time, a Sayyidah Fatima, she was 18 and she was still not married. So among the companions, there were those who proposed to the Prophet ﷺ asking for the hand of a Sayyidah Fatima. But he didn't accept for, for them. When the Prophet ﷺ didn't accept their proposals, they encouraged Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was the cousin of the Prophet ﷺ, who the Prophet actually raised in his house. He, he was raised in the house of the Prophet ﷺ. They encouraged him to go ask for the hand of a Sayyida Fatima. So when he went to the house, he went clearly with a purpose but he couldn't speak. He couldn't say anything out of his complete shyness. And we see from men nowadays, they might really want to marry a particular girl, but going to her father to ask for her hand in marriage, that's an extra hurdle. Like, how do you bring yourself to do that? And with Imam Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, this was the messenger of Allah. He's going to the best human ever created, asking for his daughter. So he didn't actually even say anything. But the Prophet wasalam, he understood what Imam Ali wanted. And he accepted for Imam Ali to marry his daughter, as Sayyida Fatima. But at that time, Imam Ali didn't have a lot of money. And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, you know, what do you have to give as a mahr, to give as a dowry? Because this is something in Islam. The mahr isn't something cultural. The money that's given to the bride, this is something that came as a rule in the religion. So the Prophet ﷺ gave a dowry 
when he married his wives. The daughters of the Prophet ﷺ, they took a dowry when they were married off. So this is something that is embedded in the rules of the religion. So even Imam Ali had to follow this rule. So he said to the Prophet والسلام, I, I don't have anything except for a shield and a sword. The Prophet والسلام, wasn't asking him for a fully paid off house. He wasn't asking him for $50,000. He wasn't asking him for the newest car. The Prophet والسلام, said, sell your shield and use that money as your dowry. His lack of money wasn't a deterrent for the Prophet ﷺ. When he knew that Imam Ali was able to provide for a Sayyida Fatima, the, his obligations, because the Prophet ﷺ, he wouldn't accept for someone to engage in a matter that they're going to fall into sin because of. So he knew, okay, he can support her, the minimum, at least the minimum support. Beyond that, he wasn't looking into how rich is this person. He wanted someone who would be a good match with good character for his daughter. So he said, sell your shield and use that money as the dowry. So the house of the Prophet ﷺ, they were excited about the wedding and, and they were preparing for a wedding as people nowadays prepare for a wedding, of course, not in such a lavish way, but the excitement and the joy that comes at the time of a marriage that existed within the household of the Prophet والسلام, and, and Lady Aisha helped in the preparations and helped in getting a modest, humble home ready for a Sayyida Fatima and Imam Ali so she got married, she had children, among them were Al-Hassan and, and Al-Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, and she lived in her home as normal women do. This is the daughter of the most beloved human, the highest creation in status, and she's managing her household. She's cooking for her family. She's grinding grains, washing clothes, as women do. And this was something that got heavy for her, It as it does for women. Women nowadays complain how much washing and how much cooking and cleaning because it's not easy. It's not easy. It's a lot easier for us now, of course. At their times, the actual physical work was a lot more. But in any case, it's effort. And all women think, isn't there somebody else to do this washing up for me? Isn't there somebody else to grind these grains for me? And she actually at one point went to the Prophet ﷺ and expressed her interest in wanting a servant to help out with the chores at home. And this goes to show that it's not necessarily something dispraised to have help or to want or to desire to have help in the household chores. So the Prophet ﷺ actually came back to her and, and mentioned, yes, okay, you've come to 
to ask about a servant, I'll tell you something that's even more useful than a servant. And he mentioned to her, he advised her to say subhanallah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 34 times. So these all together make 100. And it's mentioned that this dua, the person who says this dua, this form of dhikr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create within them a strength to do the work that it is that they need to do. So this as well is a sign for us that when we're struggling, our answer is in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the Prophet alayhi salatu taught his daughter. Um, so as we mentioned, she had children. Among them were Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn, who were young at the time of the Prophet alayhi salatu and he really loved them. He really, his heart was very attached to his grandchildren, particularly his grandsons. He used to play with them. They used to climb on him. There's various ahadith narrated about the interactions of the Prophet ﷺ with his grandchildren. Now, remember we mentioned previously that none of the sons of the Prophet ﷺ grew into adulthood. They died before that. So the lineage usually runs through the line of the sons. So a husband maintains, his lineage stays when he has children, but the lineage of the wife cuts. Usually the lineage of the woman, it doesn't transfer to her child. You don't trace the lineage through the mom. The lineage is traced through the father. Now, if we think about the Prophet ﷺ, where was his lineage going to continue through? And this was actually something that the the kuffar used to mock the Prophet ﷺ about that his lineage wasn't going to continue. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted as Sayyida Fatima the honor of carrying the lineage of the Prophet ﷺ. So even though he didn't have sons to carry that lineage, his lineage did continue. It continued through his daughter, as Sayyida Fatima, and through her sons, Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn. So anyone who is related to the Prophet ﷺ, who we say about them that they're a Sayyid or they're a Sharif or they're from among Ahlul Bayt, their lineage, all of them, goes back through either Imam Al-Hasan or Imam Al-Husayn through a Sayyida Fatima to her father, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as we can tell, if a Sayyida Fatima was the one to carry the lineage of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, she was actually the only child of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam that outlived him. He buried all of his children except for a Sayyida Fatima. But if we think about her, what does that mean? She buried her mom. Her mom passed away in her lifetime. All of her siblings passed away in her lifetime. And her father passed away in her lifetime. So when we look at 
these exceptional characters in Islam, it's not that they had fancy lives, lavish lives, worry-free lives. They were tested. As it's hard for one of us to lose our parents, it was hard for them to lose their parents. As it's hard for one of us to lose our siblings, it was hard for them. Our children, the same for them. They were tested, but they chose to be patient. They fought their natural desires and they were patient when tested with these hardships and will be rewarded on the day of judgment and in paradise for their patience. So the Prophet ﷺ, towards the end of his life, he was ill. And particularly in the days before passing, he had a very bad fever. And at one point, he wasn't even able to lead the jama'ah prayer for the Muslims. And he appointed Abu Bakr. He told for, he, he called for Abu Bakr to lead the Muslims in the prayer. And this is when the Muslims knew, okay, like he really is ill now. And a Sayyida Fatima at the time she was with him and he informed her that you're going to follow me soon in that her passing would be soon. And the Prophet ﷺ, he doesn't speak about these types of issues just off of his own whim or I'm looking at you thinking, okay, yeah, you're you're probably going to die soon. No, this is wahi from Allah. That he doesn't speak just out of his own whims. This is an ayah from the Quran. His speech is through wahi. He, he talks and mentions things in the religion or things that will happen in the future based on wahi. So can you imagine for a Sayyida Fatima? She knows she's going to die soon. All of us know we're going to die. But we don't know when. But this is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam telling her, you're going to go soon. So this is among the last of what the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said to his daughter, informing her about her death and the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam passed away. And there was a lot of commotion in Al-Madina when news started to spread that the Prophet ﷺ had actually passed away. But as the rules of the religion dictate, there are processes that happen when a Muslim passes away. And amongst them is to be buried. The Muslim is shrouded and the Muslim is buried. So the companions buried the Prophet ﷺ and a Sayyida Fatima approaches Anas ibn Malik, who was the servant of the Prophet ﷺ. She wasn't denouncing what they did. She wasn't rejecting them burying the Prophet ﷺ, because of course this is amongst the rules of the religion. But really, she just couldn't understand. How did you bring yourselves to throw soil on the body of the Messenger of Allah? And she cried. She cried. And Anas ibn Malik, when he narrates this about her, he cried. And the one who he narrated it to, he cried. And this hadith 
anyone who narrates this the situation that happened with Sayyida Fatima and Anas ibn Malik, they cry. Rather, every single Muslim thinking about the death of the Prophet and soil being thrown on his blessed body cries. This is something the daughter of the Prophet had to deal with. This was the death of her father, but the death of the Messenger of Allah, the best of creation. This is when the Wahi stopped, the rules of the religion stopped. What remained was the Quran and the doings and sayings of the Prophet In the death of, a, of the Prophet was a test for every single Muslim. His family or not his family. But this was his youngest daughter. She is the master of the women of her time. And she will be the master of the women in paradise just after Lady Maryam. So as Sayyida Fatima, she has a very high status. And she has such honor in being the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. But her character and her manners and her patience are what elevate her status. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't judge a Muslim based on their appearance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't judge a Muslim based on their lineage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't judge a Muslim based on where they're born, what country they're from, how long they've been a Muslim for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges a Muslim based on what's in their heart. How strong of a Muslim is this person? Even though a Sayyida Fatima had the honor of being directly related to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and she had the honor of carrying his bloodline. What truly gave her her status was her obedience to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, was her steadfastness to the rules of the religion, was her patience through hardships. And in that, every woman has an example. We shouldn't look to ourselves and think, oh, well, I'm not a descendant of the Prophet so I don't have any hope of salvation. This isn't how Islam works. The most pious is the one who is most obedient. This is what came in the rules of the religion. So yes, we look to a Sayyida Fatima as an example because she truly is an example for all Muslims in how to gain a high status through following the rules of the religion, through being patient, through hardships, and through accepting the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we're tested. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us to meet a Sayyida Fatima in paradise and to grant us to follow her example in our hardships in this life. Walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
If you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to take a listen to the other episodes on Um Umtalha Speaks podcast, which is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. And to also check out our Instagram page at um underscore talha, where you can ask any questions related to the podcast or view any Islamic knowledge courses that are running and other beneficial content.